You're listening to the Jabin Chavez Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help you define your organizational culture and leadership values. Jabin is a pastor, artist, and highly sought after speaker who has a long track record of growing departments, ministries, and organizations. We know that this podcast will bring value to you as a leader and to your entire team. Some of this will be uh, a little bit of repeat, and then I want to go into some new stuff. But um, leaders, like I've said before, and like we've talked about before, the best leaders in America, according to John Maxwell, are those who are leading in the church. Why? Because we're leading volunteers. So we're not, you don't just have a staff of a hundred that you have to lead, that you're motivating with money. We, we, you are leading, motivating, training, asking, demanding of people with zero financial remuneration. So how do you do that? Well, you got to have a really big why. You got to have a really big purpose behind it or the teams will remain unmotivated and will not buy in. And so leadership again is influence. Leadership is influence. That's another Maxwell quote. Leadership is influence. Now that's Maxwell. Here's Jabin. Leadership is the conviction that what you do is important. And, and you, you do have to embrace that. If your teams are unmotivated, if, if you cannot get people to serve, if you cannot get people to, con- to commit, you are probably lacking conviction because it's the conviction that what you're doing is important. There's something in you that goes, no, this is, this is very important to the kingdom of God. This is very important to the improvement and betterment of our city. This is very important to the quality of someone's life. I'm asking them to do something, but it's actually for their benefit. You have to have that conviction. So we never ask with an apology ever. Hey, I'm really sorry, but can you? No. That's that's corporate. That's yeah, you should apologize if you need someone to work a couple extra hours at a McDonald's. But this isn't McDonald's. This is the kingdom of God, right? Like, you, like, hey, can you stay around a little longer? I'm sorry. No, this is, we're not apologizing. This isn't taking on an extra half a shift at, at Starbucks. This is, the, this is the eternal, unshakable kingdom of God. We never apologize. It is the conviction that what we do is important. And, okay, here's the next part, and the skill to ask others to join you in that important work. So if your if your teams are unmotivated, if your teams lack commitment, if your teams um, are are not buying in, there there are two reasons for that that you have to correct in yourself. Either I'm not convicted, or I'm lacking skill. I'm lacking skill in asking. I need to get better at asking. And so these are these are areas you have to improve in. Um, the conviction part, I think, is a God thing. You got to get a God thing in your in your spirit. Um, I think it's easier for like like Kyle has instant feedback from this weekend. Wow, 
families are in our church right now because we stream to them, right? Like Carlos gets immediate, even the worship team gets immediate feedback that is encouraging, right? So they go, oh, oh yeah, heck yeah, this is important. Not as much Fernando 7 a.m. setting up <laughs> grass. Yeah. Or you're holding a baby going, what am I doing? Okay. But it's all important. So some are easier. It's easier for me to be convicted that what I do is important because I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and you're, you're seeing immediate responses and you're seeing life changing. You're reading the emails and you're getting the DMs and you're, so there's this immediate impact that I get. Uh, but, but preachers lose this all the time. That's why they end up doing crazy things because they lose their conviction. So depending on your, on your ministry, this is you spiritually with God getting a conviction that what you do is important. That's the spiritual side. But the, the natural side of this is the skill, how to communicate, how to ask, how to, how to call on people to great commitment, how to, it's, it's all of that. So like an, an example of that would be with giving um, financially. I have the conviction side of it. You'll never move me from it. I'm a, I was, I'm a tither. I'm a diet tither. I'm a tither and I'm beyond a tither, but I'm a tither. The, I've got the conviction, but I need the skill. So some weeks it's very much, Hey, here's what we're doing for the prisoners. And Hey, here's what we're doing for blah, blah, blah. And then I, and then I try to keep it fresh with maybe the next week. It's like this week, very theological, just like, yo, it's in the Bible. I don't know what else to tell you. Here it is. And then other weeks it may just be a really quick ask. And then we just keep moving. And then other weeks it's, so I'm trying, the skill of it is trying to keep it fresh for people to go, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. We're making an impact when we give cool. Oh yeah. This is a very spiritual thing. Wow. The, this is a Bible thing. Okay, cool. Oh yeah, well, I don't even I don't even know if Javen talked about giving today. Okay. Different ways of asking, all of that is a skill that hopefully keeps our church engaged in why they give, right? Okay. You have to figure out the skill of connecting with your teams, with stories, with the why, with the with the when, with the all of those things. Okay, so it's so it's it's conviction and skill. Leadership is conviction and skill. Nehemiah six three, I'm engaged in a great work. Nehemiah, Nehemiah, if you want to know how to spell it, six three. I am engaged in a great work. That that must be the heart of the leader. I'm doing this. It is important. Join me. <laughs> I'm doing this. It is important. Join me. Okay. So never forget that. And now all of our leading flows from that. Now, as we have a lot of new people coming in, hopefully some older people coming back and, and a little bit of, of, of everything in between, just a few cultural things that I wanted to remind you of that are that are super important. Here's the first one. Um, just a couple of reminders. Leaders are peacemakers. 
peacemakers, not peacekeepers, peacemakers. A leader is a peacemaker. James 3.18, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So if you don't like what you're, if you don't like the harvest of your ministry, check the seed. I don't, if I don't like the harvest of my ministry, feel like attitudes are off, feel like commitment is low. I feel like I can't, I feel like I can't reach them. Okay. If that's your harvest, then what's your seed? So James says you have to sow peace to get a harvest of righteousness. You have to sow the right seed to get the right harvest. Back to the book of Genesis, everything produces after its own kind. A cat cannot produce a dog. A chili plant cannot produce an apple. On and on and on. A fish cannot produce an elephant, you know, and on and on. We produce after our own kind. So if you sow peace, you get righteousness. If you sow peace, you get peace. If you, so if you don't like the harvest you're getting, you have to change the seeds that you're sowing. Now, that's just a life principle in every area of our life, but especially in leadership and especially with our team. So um, I, I'm careful to what I can share right now because I know this is being recorded and, and we'll share this on podcasts, but um, part, part of sowing is correcting. Part of sowing is confronting, right? Part of sowing is digging up the dirt, <laughs> Part of sowing is, is, um, there, there, it's, it's hard work. It's not just throwing, it's not just like, well, I said it. Well, you know, I threw, I put it on planning center. No, no, no. You're sowing requires tilling. Sowing requires water. Sowing requires work. Sowing requires, there's a lot of work that goes in before the seed ever even goes out. So I'm just saying that. Um, as you're working, if, if there's a team member that is, you don't like the harvest of that team member, or if they're, you know, it's going to take the conversation, the coffee, the phone call, the consistency of it. And I'm thinking about, you know, no one can see this recording, but like, I'm thinking about people who, but we're now we're getting a better harvest, but it took a lot. Okay. But, so we don't give up on people. But you got to keep sowing and you got to keep working it. Okay. Peace should be the first thing that comes to mind when people think of the church. Peace. I feel such peace when I'm at church. Peace should be the first thing that comes to mind when people think of the church. could be the worship, it could be the preaching, it could be the fellowship, it could be the connection, but there is a peace. Ah, there's just such a peace when I'm in God's house. There's such a peace when I'm serving. Such a, there's such a, it doesn't make sense, but I, I want to serve in kids all day and I'll come back Sunday night to be in church. Doesn't make sense, but there's just, I feel such a peace when I'm here. That's what people should feel from your team. There's a reward, there's a peace, there's a settleness, there's a calmness, there's a tranquility, there's a there's something about 
when I'm here and when I'm serving, and it doesn't matter what I'm doing, there there is a there is a peace when when I'm using my gifts in God's house. So you have to sow for it. S-O-W, you have to sow for it, and then you get to reap it. You have to sow for it, and then you get to reap it. So, so if leaders are peacemakers, that means drama has to die in your presence. Not a peacemaker, see? I mean, excuse me, not a peacekeeper. A peacekeeper is just trying to keep the peace. Well, I know, I know they're toxic, but oh, don't, don't offend them. You got to give them 10 minutes to warm up before you say anything to them or they may. No, we're not. I'm not a, I'm not a peace uh, keeper. Well, you know, they have a really bad attitude, but they keep showing up. No, no, no. I'm not a peacekeeper. I'm a peacemaker. So I got to sow for it and I got to reap it. But then, but then in the peace of your ministry, the, the drama, the gossip, the backbiting, the complaining, those are all peace killers. And so you have to drive them out. Hey guys, I don't want to talk about that. Hey, hey, so-and-so, not appropriate, not going there. Hey, I don't know why you have beef, kill it and make it right. We're peace makers. We're going to make peace. There will be no issue between us. There will be no pettiness between us. There will be and, and if I have to be the bigger person, I'll repent. If I have to be the bigger person, I'll take the L. I'll lose. I'll let, I'll let you win if it means us moving forward. They're, they're just, you have to drive all of that out of your ministry. Okay? Well, they're, you know, well, that person's drama. Okay, then work with them. But don't ignore it or, even worse, don't join into it. Go, hey, I feel like there's an issue. Hey, I feel like, did I offend you? Did, what happened? Can we, can we make this right? Can we make this better? What, what, what is it going to take? Don't, because it literally will happen in churches where it's like, where did so-and-so go? Oh, well, they went off to so-and-so's church. Well, why? I don't know. Well, you know, they were kind of, well, you know. Well, well, no, I don't know. Well, if you track it, well, actually, six months ago, there was an undealt offense. Well, they're drama, but you're a leader. Right? So let's go back and let's call them and go, hey, my bad. Is there a beep? Is it in our building or is that in? Okay. I don't know. Okay. Uh, does that make sense? Like, don't don't allow that. Like, let's let's be big enough to go, I don't want this. And fix it and then come back. Okay, leaders are peacemakers. So I'll, I'll even put this on you. If you know someone right now, like someone who, who I know of, I don't know her, I don't think I've ever met her, but so someone I know of who recently left our church, I think it's for the reason they told me they left. But if you know something that I don't know, or I'm not going to put this on recording, but if you know something that I don't know, Fix it. And does that make sense? Now, if it's for the reason they said, great, then yeah, that's for sure. Not everyone needs to be in our church. But if it's something, if that's the spiritual reason, but there's a real reason, let's fix the real reason, right? Okay, number two, leaders are hospitable. 
Leaders are hospitable. What does hospitable mean? Friendly and welcoming to strangers and guests. Friendly and welcoming to strangers and guests. Does my team feel that from me? Does the church feel that from me? Would, would that be how people describe me? Friendly and welcoming? Look at, um, this is Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19, 33 and 34. When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. Notice this. It's your space. They're coming in. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Just think about church life. Just think about that new volunteer coming in. Just think about that new guest walking into church for the very first time. Just think, think about that, that person that's in your ministry that isn't super connected yet, but they're, but they're trying. They must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself. For you were foreigners in Egypt. Because at one time you were a first time guest. Because one time it was your first time in church. Because one time it was your first time serving. Do you remember the awkwardness? Do you remember the awkwardness of trying to find a seat? Do you remember the awkwardness of where do I send my kids? Do you, re do you remember that? God tells Israel, you were a foreigner. Do you remember that? If, if you can read. So, so walking into a church and not knowing where the restrooms are and is my kid going to be safe and Think about all of those things, but you can get so comfortable that you're no longer hospitable because you're used to it now. And then, and then this is how he ends it. You were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord, your God, period. That's how it ends. In other words, like this is a God thing. Like God's going, this is like a big deal to me. This is how I this is how I want you treating people. This is how I want you responding to people. This is how I want you. You were a foreigner. You're no longer a foreigner. And now as foreigners come in to look what it says there in your land, they're coming into your ministry. They're coming into your space. They're coming into your church. Don't, don't just expect them to figure it out. <laughs> so don't get too comfortable. When, when you're hospitable, you're not too comfortable, right? Because you're, you're thinking about the guest. You're thinking about the stranger. You're thinking about the foreigner. So you're not too comfortable. Be, be comfortable in God's house, but don't be too comfortable. My wife and I, I think it was for my 30th birthday, we went to this, uh, we were in New York we went to this really high-end, two Michelin star um, Italian restaurant in New York City, and we got seated right by, um, kind of like right right in the restaurant. There was this massive table with probably 100 bottles of wine. And so if you would order wine, they would come and get from that. You know, it was kind of a big showpiece in the restaurant. Well, we noticed throughout the night that Sometimes a food server, sometimes a manager, sometimes they would kind of just chill 
and they would go get little sips of wine. And they're having like casual conversations and we're paying hundreds of dollars, right? To be here. And I'm just, you're too comfortable. Like you're not in the kitchen, bruh. You're out here with everybody. And I don't want to hear about the blankety blank at table 47 or wow, it's in a blankety blank crazy night tonight. And I don't want to hear any of it. You're too comfortable. And I'm, and we're not at TGF Fridays. This isn't seven ninety nine steak and shrimp. This is like, this is not, I don't want to hear any of this. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I complained, of course. And, uh, and I just, we just, we never want to get too, I don't know if you've ever been in like where someone you're, you're at a business and employees are talking and you actually feel like I'm going to interrupt them, but I don't know where the men's room is or I'm going to, what a terrible spot they put you in. Like I'm here to support your business and now I feel weird because you guys are in a deep conversation. So never, they just gotten too comfortable. Never let that happen where, where backs are turned and people don't know how to break in. Even, even this morning when we, you know, first came in and Kelly just grabbed a seat back here. No, 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 no. Like, that's just like, think that way. No, no, come in, come in, come in. Come on, come into this. This group of, of women came up to me Sunday night to talk uh, to me after. There was like five women and there was like a six woman like kind of behind. And everyone's kind of talking. I go, hey, come in. They're like, open up the cert. Come on in. That's that's hospitality. Just come in. Come in. Ty- and, and this is crazy commands in Titus 1.8 and 1 Timothy 3.2. Titus 1.8, 1 Timothy 3.2. Paul is giving instructions on elders and leaders, pastors. And one of the things that he says, like right up there with don't be a drunkard, right up there with only sleep with your wife, right up there, like with big commands is, and you have to be hospitable. You have to practice hospitality. Just think about that. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Okay. Number three, I'll I'll end with this. Leaders are honoring they're honoring Romans 12 10 be devoted to one another in love honor one another above yourself above now if you think of honor think of the exact opposite of of that in Isaiah 14, when Lucifer falls and he says, I will ascend. So think about this. So before Satan was Satan, he was an archangel named Lucifer. And before his fall, here's pride. I will ascend. Okay. I will be like the most high up, 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 up. Look what honor says. Honor one another above yourself. So what are, what is your leadership idea and what is your life idea? I will ascend 
and I'll step on anyone I have to. Every person in my life is simply another stair that I can step on to get where I want to go. Or honor above yourself. Okay, so Christian honor looks radically different than pride. Honor is constantly elevating another. Pride is constantly elevating yourself. Honor, uh, pride is I will, I will. Honor is let me help you. Let me help you. Here's what honor means, to give weight. To give place. To give way. Give way, to yield. You give way. Every time I meet someone who serves in the military, even if we've been talking for 10 minutes, if it comes up, like I didn't know they were, and then it comes up and they go, yeah, you know, I served and whatever. Or, and I'll, I'll always stop the, I don't, I'm not awkward about it, but I just stop the conversation, put my hand out. I go, thank you for your service. I shake their hand. They go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I was even talking to a, a, one of our police officers last week and we were talking and he goes, yeah, you know, I served, uh, it was the week I was talking about that vet who. And he goes, man, that really touched me. You know, I served and I stopped. And I went, wow, thank you for, and I put my hand up. Oh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. No, no, thank you. Honor. Honor. It's a big deal. Let me, let me continue. It's a fixed value. Notice this. It's a fixed value. By estimation. This is so cool. It's a fixed value by, in other words, you determine it. This word honor means to set the price or to set the value. Now, I'm about to talk about honoring leadership, but first we honor each other, right? Honor one another. So we set the value of our teams. We set the value. We set the price. We understand this is a big price. We understand this is a big deal. This is why we thank people. This is why we honor people. This is why we um, try to do things for people to show our appreciation because it is a, it is, we're setting the price. It, it's a value. Now, are we going to ask big and is it going to bless them? And is it going to, is it going to work in their favor to serve, give and give their life to the kingdom? Absolutely. But in the process of that, we are people of honor. So we see their value in our life and we see their value as human beings and we fix that value. In other words, we set it and we determine it and dependent upon how much honor we give to a thing is how much we can receive from that thing. Okay. Um, I'll say this and then it, and then I'll, I'll go on and I'll, I'll turn the, the pages on this. Okay. So I'll let 
instead of saying it the other way, I'll say it towards you. It's your job to stay humble, but it's my job to honor you. Okay, let's, let's try that. Find a neighbor real quick. Look him right in the eye. Say, it's your job to stay humble. It's my job to honor you. Okay, find one more awkward eye. Find someone else. Find, find someone else. Say, it's your job to stay humble. It's your job to stay humble. It's my job to honor you. Yeah, yeah. And you know how a lot of Christians do it, though? They do it the opposite, huh? It's my job to keep you humble. And so I'm going to tease you and I'm going to be sarcastic and I'm going to, and I'm going to show you your faults and I'm going to, nope, I can't change your heart. So it's your job to stay humble, but it's my job to honor you. And now, now to flip that you towards me, it is, it is, it is my job to stay humble and I got to figure that out and I'm, and I do my best and I have good, I have better days than not great days sometimes, but I, I, it's my job to stay humble, but it's your job to set the value of how valuable I am in your life. <laughs> and I can't do that for you. So I'm either, I'm either bro and then all you get is like, bro, or I'm Pastor Jabin. And only you, only you can set that value. And that now, so now let's go, let's go into ministry. Cause I think a lot of pastors are uncomfortable talking about this stuff. I'm not at all. And I'm not at all because I'm not insecure, but let's, let's talk about honoring ministry gifts for a second. Cause we don't talk about this enough. Matthew 25, 40, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of these, you did for me. If you did it for them, you did it for me. Matthew 25, 40. If you did it for them, you did it for me. So I'll give you an example of this. Charles Neiman comes into town and we pick him up in our nicest cars. Was this like a celebrity thing? Nope. Because I would want to do that for the Lord. And then we, we put him in the nicest hotel. We didn't, we didn't say, well, you know, the wind's 25 minutes, so we're going to put you in the Super 8 right here because it's a lot easier for us. Because I would do that for the Lord. Because I wouldn't tell Jesus. I wouldn't tell the Apostle Paul. If Jesus makes it uncomfortable, I wouldn't do that for the Apostle Paul. I wouldn't bring in the Apostle John and go, hey, uh, Apostle John, you know, like there's a Four Seasons down there, but we're going to put you in the Super 8 because it's really convenient for our drivers. This is theology. This isn't celebrity culture. This is theology. Um. Let me, uh, let me, let me go to this one now, Galatians 6, 6, and then I'm going to give you another example from Charles. Galatians 6, 6, the one who receives instruction in the word, everyone say that's us. 
One more time, a little more energy. That's us. Should share all good things with their instructor. Okay, so Charles was my instructor last week, right? And I am to share in all good things with him. Here's what that means. What is a good thing that I have here that maybe he doesn't have in El Paso, Texas? So when I picked him up for dinner Saturday night, we didn't go to Chili's. Because that would be a common thing. Wouldn't be wrong. If that's all you got, that's all you got. But what's a good thing? So you know what I did? We got the best table at SW Steakhouse right on the water. And you have the water show going on all night, which is the most unbelievable thing you've ever seen. You got floating emoji heads. I mean, LED. You got sharks. You got stuff coming up out of the... I mean, it's the most beautiful. You got light shows. You got lasers. You got... It's the most beautiful food. Because that's a good thing that I have in this city. Well, isn't that like a little over the top? That's where I would want to take the Apostle Paul if I could. That's where I'd want to take Billy Graham if I could. Honor. It's, it's called honor. And that shouldn't make you uncomfortable. And we can't honor outside of our level. Like if we can't afford that, then we can't do that. But if we can do that, we should, we should want to show honor. It's a good thing in our city that, so he's sitting there going, oh my God, this is the best soul. Uh, it's a fish, you know, this is the best soul I've ever had. And oh my gosh, this, and he's just astounded the whole night by dinner. Yeah, I could have picked him up and we could have found a Chili's around the strip somewhere or a TGI Fridays or a Chick-fil-A. I don't think he would have said a word. But that wouldn't have been honor. To me, that wouldn't have been honor. Does this make sense? So we didn't pick him up in a car that's shaking down the freeway. And and I'll, I'll give you one story. I, I landed in Phoenix, Arizona one day. And I'm out. It's 100 and... It's July in Phoenix. I won't even tell you the weather. Hot. And I'm texting the driver. Hey, I'm here. Yeah, hey, we're running a little bit late on our way. Okay. Crazy traffic. Okay. And these two guys come and pick me up in a ratty, beat-up car. Eating McDonald's. <laughs> so the car smells like McDonald's. They didn't offer me McDonald's. And they're eat and they're smashing fries, and they pull up and the trunk pops open. <laughs> I walk around. Am I am I too good to put my own bag in my car? No, I'm not. It just is an honor, right? Like this just isn't. I wouldn't do that to the Lord. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick up the Apostle Paul from the airport with a chicken nugget. Like, hey, throw it in the back. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to my wife. I wouldn't do that to you. If you asked me to pick you up, I wouldn't go, run late, man. It's traffic. It wasn't traffic. It was McDonald's. Like, I wouldn't do that to you. If you said, I need to ride at 3.30, I'm not coming at 4 o'clock with McDonald's in my mouth. I'm, it's not happening. It's honor. Okay, so, trunk pops open. Filthy, disgusting trunk. I throw my bag in, close it, get in the car. And we're we're driving and... uh I have headphones in at this point because I'm just like, nope, this ain't going to happen. 
And I go, hey guys, I'm gonna just take a little nap. And so we're we're driving, and all of a sudden they pull into a uh, gas station. So instead of McDonald's, why didn't you fill up the car first? Right? Okay. So anyway, this is all honor. This isn't because I'm a big deal. Because I'm a celebrity. I'm not. None of those things. I'll just tell you what I would do. I would have gotten gas first in a nice car, in a clean car, and I wouldn't have the car smelling like McDonald's, okay? Because it's honor. So we pull in, and they're filling up, and the, and one of the guys goes, hey, I'm going to run in real quick. Do you want anything? And I go, yeah, you know what? I'll just take a bottle of water. Thank you. He goes, cool. Uh, I'll just grab your debit card. What's your PIN number? <laughs> This is a real story. And I go, you know what? I'll just get down since I don't know you. <laughs> That's the only thing I said. Since I don't know you, I'll just get down and do my own PIN number. He goes, oh, okay. That's just not honor. And it's not dishonor because I'm me. It's just that just isn't honor. We We honor and we share in all good things, especially with our instructor. Okay, this is just a, it's a, it's a way in which we treat those in leadership. Now, skip down to verse 10. We're still in Galatians 6. This is verse 10. Therefore, we have, if we, as we have opportunity, okay, so we don't, if we couldn't afford the win, we wouldn't put a speaker in the win, right? As we have opportunity. If we can't afford SW Steakhouse, we won't take them there. But if we have the opportunity, let us do good to us all, especially those in the household of faith, especially those. So I want to do good to those. And again, context, Galatians 6 here, he's receiving an offering. And Paul's saying, we should want to do good to those in the household of faith. Okay. Not, we don't abuse that. We don't take advantage of that. We I take my own trash out every Thursday night. I pick up my dog's poop every week. I, we're, we're normal people, okay? It's not, does that make sense? I've got my own coffee this morning. We're not abusing any of that. But there should be a spirit of honor that, you know, uh, uh, here's a good example. When, when a guest speaker comes in, and I just want you to see this because I, I don't want you to think this is not, unhealthy celebrity church culture. This is honor. They get, they, they get picked up from their flight. They've been flying all day. We pull up to the hotel and we hand them their hotel keys. It's just one little thing that communicate. And when they get to their room, there's a welcome letter and there's some, there's some snacks and there's a thank you. And there's a little bit of food there for them. And it's just our way because you could, you could pull up to any one of these hotels and there could be a line that's two hours long. And we're just, so we're just not going to do that. So if that means we have to check them in a day before, if it means we have to pay for early check-in, if it means, uh, when, when Jared Neiman was here a couple of weeks ago, or, or I think it was Marcus, one of them flew in real early in the morning. So I didn't go, well, Hey, you know, you land at eight, but check-ins not till three. So good luck. I don't know. Go walk the strip. No, we booked them a day early. Honor. And 
was that an inconvenience to us? Kind of. But you know what's funny is on their end, they were trying to convenience us. So they go, hey, well, there's this nonstop fight that's super cheap on Southwest. I'll just take that. So we're like, neither of us are trying to be a big deal. We're both just trying to show honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll, no, I'll fly Southwest. I'll sit in the back row. I'll sit. Okay. The, does that make sense? We want, we're just communicating honor. First Timothy 5.17. The elders who direct the affairs of the church, these are the pastors, the leaders, are worthy of double honor, double honor, especially those who, whose work is preaching and teaching. So to those who preach and teach, we are to give double honor. And that word, by the way, there is financial um, retribution. It's actually uh, the idea. Here's Paul's idea. We want to make sure that pastors are paid enough that they don't have to go work three or four jobs to do the ministry. We want them to be able to just have a paycheck and do what they're called to do, which is teach and preach and not not do this, and then I got to go drive Uber tonight, and then I got to give guitar lessons tomorrow, and then I got, you know what I mean? We, that's the idea, that they, that they're paid enough that they don't have to do. So I just want to give some language around this because we don't talk about it a lot, but none of this is like us being over the top or a big deal. It's us trying to show honor the way that we can show honor in any way, whether that's with a guest speaker, with a pastor, with anybody, or with our teams. We're just, we, we value, we value these people. We value the people God's brought into our life. We value uh, the, the way that God has designed us to receive from him. And that's through people, right? So we, so we place value in that and we show value. And again, it isn't anything. Um, could, could any of that be abused? Of course, but we're not going to do that because we're going to stay humble. Right. But we want to, but we do want to show it. And um, did that make sense? So um, yeah. So yeah. Could it be, could it be taken too far? Of course it could be, but that's, that's not going to happen here. And so, um, just things to think about in, in honoring, um, in honoring your team, you know, why we honor guests the way we honor guests. Um, you know, just all little, why are we going to grab this nice box that we're going to put all this? Like, why does it have to be so extra? This extra. Cause we want to be extra. Cause we want to be right? We just want, we just want to show honor. Okay. Um, that's my lesson. I'm done. That's what we do.